Come chat with Libby, Molly, and Samantha, the ladies of Consignment Chats, as we build a resourceful community of collaborative resellers. Hey, y'all. Welcome to episode 158 of Consignment Chats. Today, I'd love to tell you we have a C-Chat spotlight, and we kind of do. We kind of do. We have a friend with us, but it's not a full-on spotlight because also... You're going to have to hang on till midway through. We're announcing this is the beginning of a new consignment chat series. So this is like a, a hybrid spotlight, we're going to call it. How's, how's that? <laughs> so we are here and we're going to start with the spotlight by introducing, or we're going to have her introduce herself, our friend Tiffany Stewart, a.k.a. Tiffy Pie. Tiffany Tiffy Pie! Oi! <laughs> How are you? I am good. How are you guys? We are doing great. Why don't you start by telling everybody who you are, where you live, what your business is, all those good little deets right off the bat. Well, first I'll start by, I lied to you. I said I was good. I'm good adjacent. So first of all, that was, we began with a lie. Let's, let's start with that. It's just inherent to say I'm good. And then be like, "Mm, I'm, I'm alive. So my name is Tiffany Stewart. Like you said, um, I'm Tiffy Pie on, I think every handle now, which is pretty cool. Cause finally after seven years, I got my Poshmark handle changed to Tiffy Pie. It was always Tiffy Pie mm-hmm. 089 because Tiffy Pie was taken, but some covert affairs happened and I was able to, to get it. So I'm very excited. I have been, yeah, I was really like juiced about that. So I've been reselling since 2017 as a hobby. Um, I've had the app Poshmark since 2013, and then I was laid off in March of 2020, which was a huge blessing because I was so burnt. I really liked my job, but my boss was a joy, and so I was really trying to quit. I've been trying to quit for about eight months, but they kept talking me into staying, and so it ended up working out because I got a severance, and I got medical for like four months or whatever, so I'm a full-time reseller now. Recently, in the last year, I have expanded to eBay, Mercari, and I have actually recently undergone a really cool thing. I am a style scout for Kitizen. So I am one of their uh, beta testers of non-Kitizen resellers coming into Kitizen. So they looked at our track record. I met the CEO and founder of Kitizen at List Camp Listing Party and she looked at my track record of reselling on other platforms and I was actually approved. And so I have been selling and they sent me a report this morning and I have almost 200 sales with them. So. Awesome. Ooh, so if we want the insider track and scoop, we know where we have to go now. Well, yes, you know, I, we're going to have to chat because that is one of my 2024 goals is to start getting active on Kittison with all the children's items that I have that need to move over there. So. You definitely should. The mama stuff hasn't, I haven't sold a, well, I have some, some brand, I do some brand work. I have two brand clients. I have tea collection, which is really nice little kid clothes. And then I have Ingrid and Isabel full line, really slow sales on the mama and the maternity side, pretty good sales on the kid stuff though. Like, and most moms bundle. So like, I would say 90% of my sales are three plus pieces. So it's, it's pretty lucrative. That's nice. That's really I, nice. I felt so bad for her at um, camp. We did that thing where everybody networked and swapped tables and did all this stuff. And she was like front and center. So I think people kind of overlooked her a little bit in the very first round. So I popped down. She was all by herself. And she's like, oh, somebody sat down with me. And I was like, yeah, 
I don't sell kids clothes. <laughs> she was like, oh, okay, well. <laughs> she's, she's so super nice. Great. She seems so great to work with. Yeah. I think we all love her a lot. I think we all yes. have talked about that and how we, we like her and who she is and what she does for sure. So. I loved, I first was introduced with them on the seller, uh, Kittison on the seller community podcast. So I'm going to go ahead and link up that episode because it, it was, it was really eye opening. Their mission is just so beautiful and the way they've stuck to it. It's, it's really worth a listen. Yeah. That's awesome. Just gets me more excited to start selling over there. So got to get that. So, rolled. Yeah. So when we met you in June, you were just posh. Look how that is crazy how you have, you were like just dipping your toes into eBay. I think you just had your first eBay sale actually was around that time. Yeah, um, I had. So in, in February of last year, I met Teresa Cox um, through Doug and uh, Snoop Dougie, you know, the, the, the second love of my life. He'd be really mad if I didn't say that. So <laughs> <laughs> and now Trish is going to get mad at me because I get Doug's hat all all blown yeah. out of portion. So. You do, and I I'll don't kick him under the table. Where, every time. But Doug and I have a thing about you that's been going on since camp listing party too. So yeah, this whole thing makes Molly very jealous. I just want you to know I that all the time. Um, I go, oh, the new younger one came in, and now what am I chopped liver? Like you, every conference, we're like side by side until till the little young cute thing came in. <laughs> Timmy Pie doesn't even know about this whole thing that's been going on. No, no I know. Oh, we go back I and forth. I thought you were in on it the whole time. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm always like, mm, yeah, where were we that we sent you a picture at one point? Oh my gosh. From Flipcon. From Flipcon. Flipcon. Oh, yeah. Oh, he was in prime. Jealous. Oh, my God. He was in some prime shape at Flipcon. I was not there, so I got videos. And I'm keeping them for some time when I may need them. Yeah. <laughs> Doug is always in prime. Prime. <laughs> well, now that I know this, I think we should team up and then we just kick Doug out. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm a solution-oriented person, so. <laughs> but then he'll just pivot to Sarah. And then, <laughs> right? Yeah, he might. He might. You never know. You never know with him. Meanwhile, Trish is like, wait a minute. <laughs> anyway, Trish is like, thank God. <laughs> true, true. You met, like this, T, yeah. you met T Money and they asked you to be on their virtual meetup. Is that? Yes. So when I met her, we just instantly connected and she had asked me, you know, she's like, you know a lot about Poshmark. She goes, and we know nothing about Poshmark and really in our community. And she asked me to do their, their monthly meetup. And so I hosted that meeting and it was, it was cool, but weird because there was just, there was, there was one person, there's always one, right. Who oh, won't God. show their face. And like, it just kept being, and I was just like, and then I don't think they expected me to challenge them. And I did. And then they got real quiet, real fast. Cause yeah. no one, everyone thinks I'm very, very like, Oh, she seems nice. No, I'm ruthless. Like I will, I will, I will cut you. So I was like, Oh, are you just going to keep saying comments and not show your face on the screen? Right. So we don't know. It was probably some troll, but I went on that and I really loved meeting everybody. I was able to meet um, Vicky and Katie through that and then meet them face to face in, in at camp listing part 
uh, I always keep thinking it's camp list perfectly camp listing party. And then they had asked me to speak at boss, which while it did implode in a way in which I, I, wa- I had to rewatch it to make sure it wasn't as bad as I remembered it. And I will say it was less terrible in the rewatch than it was in my actual brain living through the experience. But I was so mortified that they were never going to ask me to do anything ever again. And they were like, no, we swear we still love you. So You graciously, graciously pulled it off and it was just fine. You did. I yeah. agree 100%. Now, I didn't watch a replay. And of course, I felt awkward moments, but that was only because we knew things that were going on behind the scenes right like we knew but Otherwise, i think it was great you guys rocked it i mean thank you it was very difficult and of course all of our technology failed and you know they yes. do, we do all this stuff to put all these things together ahead of time and we sent them off ahead of time but it just it didn't it didn't work on the screen and we could not get any of our uh, visuals to play and we made it work but it was funny because I think only maybe 10 people in the entire room knew anything that was going on. And that was only people that I considered very close friends because I don't, I'm not, I'm not the a reseller. The ones in the drama. background yelling, Tiffy Pie! <laughs> That's, that was the support I needed because I, I don't do, I don't do the reseller drama. So in Posh in particular, there's a lot of drama. Um, you know, I see a little bit of it in like the boss or like the list perfectly sites where people will go at it a little bit in comments, but only when we let you posh people in, what the heck? It's just us. <laughs> We're awful. I mean, there's always something wild, go- literally wild going on in the posh community. I don't even know about it at least 75% of the time. I find out about it like three years later. I'm like, oh, really? Uh, that happened? So I don't talk about a lot of people or things in that way. And so I think it was fine, but it was just, that was probably, I'm going to say top five most awkward moments of my life combined with the fact that I felt like I got hit by a bus the entire time. So I was like, this has just been a real, real record winning week for me. Like, I just love everything about this week. Well, this is one of the many things that I fell in love with about you from the get go is knowing all that's going on, nobody saw that. Nobody felt that. Nobody, like you so wouldn't know that. If you just you rose above it that. all. Yep. If you weren't yeah, that in this moments like that, that test and show like who you truly are. Like the fact that you're able to do that is amazing. Like to withstand that test because it was a test. That's what we said. She's good people, and we need to pull her into our web and keep her. <laughs> so now, I've never been more excited to be pulled into a web before. <laughs> and you almost made me cry there, you guys, because um, for me, this is like a, it's whether I was back when I was a corporate trainer to whatever I do in life. My thing is, it's nobody else's problem what I'm going through. Like if somebody came, those people at Boss or at Camp Listing party or any of the events I did when I was, I mean, I did like a thousand events in my corporate life, my past life, whether you pay to be there or it's your professional obligation to be there, whatever it is, it's not your problem that I'm having a hard time. And for me, that's really important. If I make the decision to show up, I'm going to show up. Whether that means I'm in the bathroom, like splashing cold water in my face and I'm taking like a handful of medications that I need to get me through because I was on like 52 Zofran like you know you just got to get it prescribed or over the counter we'll just straighten that right out there yes prescribed I'm just in the bathroom drugs you know not (laughs) cocaine but 
<laughs> I mean, it can't, at boss, it got close to me thinking about it. I'm not, I was in Vegas. I was like, I could find something. I could find something that's going to get me through this week. I can walk right outside the door of my hotel and have many options. <laughs> like you had a variety. They were like, ma'am, would you like this? Would you like this? <laughs> oh, this is going sideways now, isn't it? Ooh. Yep. Yep. Oh, you didn't know that by asking me to do this? They always go like this. We touch into our world. I've told you it was dangerous. <laughs> we're crazy. This is exactly what we were hoping for. <laughs> we love nothing more than real. We like it real. Um, so, ladies, do you have any, because this all that was just being said to me is a segue into introducing our new yeah. series. Is there anything else posh that y'all want to ask? I mean, I know we could have all kinds of posh education questions to teach people more but I'm feeling like this conversation I feel like I just really need to say before this I need to say about my relationship with Poshmark because it's been such a thing over the past such a thing however I was how long Poshmark, we've been on Poshmark since the beginning right and I always say it's like my bad boyfriend and I can't break up with him and he keeps coming back and coming back. Like I've been on and off for how long has Poshmark been around since its inception? I've been on and off Poshmark and I keep getting sucked back in and sucked back in and sucked back in and I keep breaking it up and then I go back. She'll now get I, like a good week of sales. I'm back she... for good now. He's been pretty nice to me, but I, I, I just don't know. So anyway, I just had to throw that out there. And that is my relationship with Poshmark. So it's nice to see somebody that has like a really good relationship with Poshmark. Yeah. Otherwise our viewers are like, there's a roller coaster with Libby. She'll, she'll have a good week of sales. And she's like, he brought me flowers. It's so great. I love Poshmark. And then like the sales will dip and she's like, we're breaking up. He's sleeping with other people. I don't know. So yeah. <laughs> we sense. all feel that way. Just so you know, we Whoa. all feel that way. So Poshmark is... Okay. When it comes to my relationship with po Team Posh and the company and the founders and a lot of the um, VPs and stuff, they're some of the best people I know. And mm -hmm. they care, they listen. Uh, like when my dad passed, Poshmark sent me flowers. Like literally Poshmark HQ sent me flowers. So they've they've supported me throughout every bit of my life journey. They knew I was not my best self. They still let me host the Posh Party Live Dallas. They had me be in a photo shoot for one of their launches in March. Like they could have been like, this girl's a freaking mess. Like she needs time. And they were like, no, this is what she needs. She needs to know that we're still going to support her. So sales on Posh, I will say November and December were the hardest months of my reselling professional, like my full-time reselling career. Um, it's been hard to A, have no energy, which I think is going to be part of your segue. And then B, to have just, it's demoralizing. And then it's like this kick in the face of like, I'm not having any sales, but then I need to list, but then I don't want to list because why am I listing to sell nothing? And so sometimes Poshmark and I, and all the platforms and I have, we, we have, we have bad relationships sometimes. They don't always bring me flowers and it makes me mad. <laughs> you literally got flowers from Poshmark. I, mean, I did. Literally. I needed to hear that. I needed to hear that. Thank you. They're really. Sunny's been talking about getting flowers from Poshmark, but she's now to know somebody that actually. I know, right? I can't believe I've used I that analogy for so long, but it's actually, yeah, it actually really happened. It's a real thing. 
Yeah. It was pretty shocking, honestly, to, to, we moved and we had, because my dad passed two days before we moved and we moved into the new house and the movers were literally in my house and I, the doorbell rang and well, I don't even know if we had a doorbell, somebody knocked and I looked at the door and I was like, oh, there's flowers. And I was like, who knows my address here? And it was one of my good friends does work on the Poshmark uh, customer service team. She's a customer service manager. And so they had used her inside track to get my address. And it was just really, it reminded me of why I have always been such a huge advocate. I mean, every time I speak, I speak on behalf of Poshmark and I represent Poshmark. And so mm -hmm. I was glad that that they know how much I care and I'm appreciative of them. And it was reciprocated. So that was pretty cool. I love that. I love that. Poshmark, I'll be sending my address. Right. <laughs> just so you have it in the bank. Just so you got it in there. Yes. Let's hope they don't need it. <laughs> right. There's that side. Yes. I'm going to segue here now. And I really should have brought some tissues because lately, whew, hormones have been crazy. You know, menopause stuff. Whew, this could be a very tearful. How bit. do you move your menopause at 25? Oh my God. I love you. <laughs> She's my best Doug. friend. Ooh, ooh. Look out, Us Snoop Doug. Doug. Doug's out. We're in. <laughs> Sorry, Doug, but we love you. Um, so we have, we are starting this new series in 2024, and we've had Get Real series before, but this one we are doing the Get Real, and it's Reseller Wellness. So we ourselves have been through different things, but we meet a lot of resellers in a lot of different ways that... You know, we're all real people and we all have our struggles and we all have ways that we get it through. And we find that a lot of resellers are even in this business in order to deal with some of their wellness issues because this business allows you to do that. Whereas others, you might not be able to care as much for yourself as you do. So we're starting this series and we thought we need to really start the series with Tiffy Pie because you are the one who... I don't remember what episode, but I don't remember what episode we mentioned it. And I should have done my due diligence and looked that up prior, but I didn't. Sorry. Libby will link it down below. We'll make her do the work. But Tiffany did a very raw, very real, and I'm going to cry, video after about her dad's passing and about grief. And it was beautiful. I got to start by saying that. Um it moved me in such a way because <laughs> I don't cry, y'all. I don't cry. This is so weird for me. This but it was so relatable for you. It was yeah. relatable because I had lost my mom. But, you know, I was like, I, I sometimes I feel like I want to talk about it. But I don't want to talk about it. Because I don't want people to think I'm talking about it because I want you to feel sorry for me. But it is an everyday part of my world. You know, that phone call, I can't can't do it so anyway what you did for me in that moment and I know you didn't do it for me but you did it for me to this day has made such an impact on me and on my processing through the loss of my mother and going through that because you were brave enough to authentically put yourself out there and I thank you so that's my intro. Y'all got to take it away though. <laughs> so we, you have, so you have put it all out there with your dad. I know you talked about it at, at camp and, and different things that you've spoke at and done and all the, the struggles and how you, you know, you 
were in reselling and then the reselling community helped you get through that and you know continuously every day still always um but then you also this year have had I think every flu bug that's ever come around and the it, probably COVID I don't remember but probably and then you also have other health things going on with surgeries and, and things like that so we just wanted to dive more into how you're balancing all that and how you just, you know, what, what are your day-to-day looking like? Just trying to be a reseller, also take care of yourself. Like your husband is trying to get you to do. And, and how do you, how do you take those steps? Well, first of all, I want to say you made a comment that said you didn't make the video for me. And while I might not have made it for you an individual, I did make it for other people because One of the things that I think of is I think there's a few stigmas. I think there's a huge stigma with mental health. I think there's a huge stigma with grief. And I think there's a huge stigma with not being positive in, especially in social media. So one of my things that has always been a part of me on social media, going back to 10 years ago, when I first started really using Instagram professionally, they kind of wanted me to use it at work in my role. I I was the face of the company being the corporate trainer. I, I, every new hire, everything. And they were like, but I never, I never did the fake cheer. So like when I'm cheery, it's real. When I'm sad, it's real. When I'm whatever I am, I'm real. People sometimes think I'm fake cheery. They're like, you're, you're so bubbly. And I'm like, well, that's just who I am as a person. Like I actually get like really excited about like getting my nails painted. Like if I get glitter on my nails, like I'm like, I have glitter on my nails. Like, and I feel like that little bubble of excitement inside me. And people don't get that because I'm like a 36 year old adult. And I think I should grow up and not get excited about glitter on my nails. And so that's just sort of who I've like, right. You should be (laughs) excited about that. Like I had my whole nails for Christmas and then I had my whole frozen nails were like, right. But part of my last year has been, and the year really before that, 22 and 23 was, I'm pretty miserable and I'm really struggling to like get out of bed every day. So in June of like super condensed version in June of 22, um, at my birthday, we went to Palm Springs, my husband and my two best friends and I, and I can't explain it. It's very weird to describe, but in that moment, I knew my life was changing. I think that that was when I realized my dad was not going to make it much longer, regardless of the diagnosis of two to 10 years. Um, I just, I felt something shift in my world. And so I spent most of my birthday trip in Palm Springs in a cabana crime. Cause I was just, was like, I think my life is just, it's just different. And my therapist has said, she finds that fascinating because she's like, I feel like you pinpointed like your life changing. And we came home from that trip and within 24 hours, I had COVID for the first time. So I had made it to June 22 without COVID and I had it and I had it terrible. I had like a 104 fever. I was in bed for six days. Like it was awful. And then my health just never got better. So from June 22 to today, my health has never improved. Shortly after that, we had a bunch of setbacks. So we moved from California, we've been in California for my, for all every minute of my life. And we were built, we're building a home in Dallas, Texas and everything was falling through with our house. So our house got pushed back from July to August, October to November. We moved here in November. It was supposed to be done. We got to a, they basically, there was some fibbing. We got here and our house was not complete. So we moved into an incomplete house two days after my dad died. And so I didn't pack up my house. Thank gosh for my family and friends, because my my best friends went and packed up my house for me because I was with my dad and I got home just in time to finish up the packing 
but I had some kind of crazy, I don't know. It was like flu Rona. I don't know what I had, but I just kept getting sicker and sicker. And then we moved here and I got us through the holidays. I hosted the holidays for my family because with my dad being gone, like I couldn't do that to my mom. I'm an only child. And then it's just been, it's just been nonstop grief and health, every health condition. Like my blood pressure has always been low, but I couldn't get it above 80 over 50, like to save my soul. Wow. And I mean, we're, so I'm dizzy like 24 seven. Right. So I had to sit a lot and I do, I managed to pick pack 40 hours to a 24 hour day. Normally right now I'm like, I get four hours out of a 24 hour day. And so that's been really hard for me. And then we found out I did surgeries. We found out I had really bad endometriosis and I had endometriomas and my fallopian tube had wrapped around my bowel. And now I next on Friday, I have surgery to have my gallbladder removed. And so it's just been this never ending, try these 23 medications and try this and try that. And I go to therapy every week. I am on, I tell everybody I am on clonopin. I take clonopin twice a day. I need that to right now function. And people are like, well, I don't know why you tell people that. Like you should, are you embarrassed? No, I'm not embarrassed. I wish I wasn't. I wish that I was not, but I am. So I take clonopin when I wake up in the morning and I take it around six o'clock every night. And that's how I function. Yeah. Good for you. There are reasons that these medications were made and there are, there is a right way to take it as long as you are following how it's supposed to be prescribed and what's going on. And then eventually that you're, you're hopefully not on that. That's the goal. Yes. And I love that you mentioned that you go to therapy all the time. So I, I have a chronic illness and I've had it for over a decade now. And the first year of all the tests and the surgeries and the, we don't know, really know what this is or the extent of it or it, all of that. And then even when, you know, nine months later, I finally got a diagnosis, like a definite, like you have this, it was still a spiral after that. And I had to be forced to go to therapy, even though I worked in healthcare and I advocate for it all the time. I still was like, I don't need it. I don't, I don't need to do that. And just honestly, I went and I quit. And I was like, nope, she just wants to talk about my mom. This is terrible. Like it was, it was done. And then I consistently went and consistently talked about my overall health and the things going on. And it makes such a difference regardless of whatever is going on. That is a huge thing to get you through all the surgeries and all the stuff. I'm glad you're doing that. It is hard. I will say that. And I think, you know, talking about using the reason why medications were so I did genetic testing to see for some of the more um, yeah. common SSRIs like depression medications, because nothing was responding to me. And I've been off and on trying for about 10 years. So finally, the psychiatrist I met, when we moved here, she was like, can we do genetic testing on you? And I was like, yeah, well, it turns out my body doesn't respond to SSRIs. I have a gene. I have, they call it something that I can't, I won't say on your uh, uh, podcast, but it's the MTHFR gene. And a lot of people have a very funny nickname for what it is. And basically it means your body responds really poorly to a lot of medications. Uh, I have a half-life of caffeine. So if like, if I have a giant triple shot latte within two hours, the caffeine's left my body. So like my body just processes things like caffeine or alcohol or those things really, really quickly. And so I had to deal with that. So I had a psychiatrist, my therapist, and my primary doctor be like, you need to do something. 
that's going to work for you. And in my past with panic attacks, I've always had panic attacks. Xanax had helped me. And they were like, we know this works. We know it works on your body. Let's do clonopin because clonopin is a longer acting, much less acute. It's more of a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, it's like an SSRI, but it's in a, it's a, but it is a controlled substance. And so mm-hmm. she's like, let's just try it. Let's try a small dose. Let's try it morning and night and see what happens. And is it perfect? No. But like, there was a point where I was like getting out of bed every day. And like, I would pull the comforters up and be like, sad that I woke up, like literally sad that I woke up. And it was devastating my husband. It was devastating my friends and family. They were like, I didn't make plans. I didn't leave the house. I didn't want to do anything. And I was like, okay, if I take these drugs, then. It's a state of mind of like, you know, some people will wake up and have days like that. And it's a, oh, I'll try again tomorrow. But when you're at the point where it's, why is there even a tomorrow? Like that's, you you need to do something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not great. Good yeah. for you. Good for Those you. panic attacks do that to you. I mean, that's what, when I moved from Philadelphia to here, I was in the middle of a bunch of trying to figure stuff out where I started with vertigo that just never went away. Still have it to this day. Still don't know why I've done every test under the sun. They just, it's probably something I'll just deal with, but in the midst of it, panic attacks, which of course you've had them, anybody that's had them. If you've had one, you know, I mean, you literally feel like you're having a heart attack. Like you cannot it rocks your world. And I had Libby over one night, had to call her to come to my house because my son was asleep so that I could be rushed to the hospital thinking I'm having a heart attack. Libby's Googling going, yeah, I think you should call your husband from his meeting and I'll stay here with Cal and you might want to go to the hospital, you know. And it ended up being a panic attack. I say, thank goodness. But it it has this horrible way of making you not want to do anything. And then you're, it, it's such a vicious cycle. And you do, it took, when we moved here from Philadelphia to Greensboro, I was already kind of going down, but I went so far down that I was not getting out of bed, not want, even going to Target. My gosh, y'all, I love to shop more than anything in the whole wide world. And when I said to my best friend, Lauren, I needed to go to Target today, but I just couldn't do it. She was like, that's it. I'm done. Now she lives in Charleston, not here in Greensboro, but in South Carolina. And she was like, today, you're calling your doctor today. You're going to get on medication. Stop it. You have to have it to reset your brain. And I thank her all the time now because because of her, I got back to being more myself because I was always a, let's go do this. Let's have fun. Let's go here. Let's do. And I, the fact that I would absolutely spend two hours going, you got to go to Target and go to put my shoes on. I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And that's saying something because there's Starbucks in Target and you love Starbucks. I love Starbucks. I love shopping. <laughs> well, that one alarm was like, okay, we need a medical intervention here. This is not going to fix itself. You have to have a medication that will help your brain rewire. And it's like you brought up earlier, Tiffany, it's that stigma, you know, you'd, and now I don't have a problem telling any, I'm, I, took myself off of it in November. We'll see. But I didn't have a problem telling anybody I was on it. Like, I'm like, nope, I'm doing it. And thank God, because, because this exists, I'm able to get out the door and go do things. And every time you both talk about it, it removes a barrier for somebody else. Like you're knocking down that barrier. You're, you're knocking down that stigma. Like I find it like incredibly just brave and, and you know, like a service to everyone, because the next person that is, you know, 
on the fence about getting help and something terrible happens and they don't like when you speak out about that, you're, you're lessening the chance of that ever happening. And it's so brave and just, I, I'm just in awe and just absolutely in awe of every time, anytime somebody opens up to, to speak about that. Mm-hmm. I think it's crazy that you mentioned target. And I know that this is going to sound wild and you're going to be like, you're just saying that. So target's my place because Starbucks is there and I get my Starbucks and I have, I always have a, like something to return at Target because I buy tons and tons of clothes. Separated at birth. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing, right? And so all of a sudden, like Target became this impossible task. And I was like, the lights, because I was so dizzy all the time, the lights itself were making me dizzy. Yes. 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 And I would just, I would push myself through Target and it was like, I was walking through wet cement and I was just like, I love Target. Like I love Target in this like way that's like weird and like creepy. And so my niece and nephew, we had them all pick out an ornament for somebody for Christmas because we're trying to teach them about giving and about how important it is to pick it out. So um, our other best friend took them to the store and they did it all. He didn't see any of it. So he got a surprise one. They picked Bullseye, the Target mascot for mine. It's okay. your Disneyland. <laughs> yes. And I love Target. And I was like, I don't want to go to Target. Like Target sounds terrible. Like it sounds like it's going to be people and talking and I'm going to have a panic attack there because I did have one there once. And I it's just too. a vicious cycle. I walked it's away. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And you just, and I think, you know, Libby, your point about the barriers is so I, have since I've been about 13, I have actively had disordered eating. And for the first 10 years, I never spoke about it. Four people on earth knew I had disordered eating. And if you paid attention, you knew, but most people when you're 20, don't pay attention. They're paying attention to themselves. And one day I was, I worked at Enterprise to rent a car for my whole corporate career. I was checking a customer into a car and she was super distraught. And I was like, are you okay? Like this random customer, right? Suddenly ended up being this hour conversation of the car where I explained to her like, oh, well, I didn't eat for like eight years, really. And we lived through this whole thing, right? And from that moment, this can of worms opened inside me of this woman had this huge relief on her face of, I have someone I can talk to about this. I've never told anybody about this. And then that's how I've just decided to embrace all of the ugly parts of me, all of the things that are not pretty and all the things that are not happy and so it's hard because and you get a lot of really 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 crappy comments I got a lot of well I see you eat so you don't really have an eating disorder I got well if you had an eating disorder why wouldn't you be skinnier um I've got (laughs) if you have an eating disorder why wouldn't you be fatter I've had I went to Weight Watchers you're not fat enough to be here one of the other members said I was like I love this for me this is this is awesome like so you just, no matter what I did, I was, I was literally told I had failed at having an eating disorder. So then you have this, that shuts you down. Right. And then I was like, you know what? Mm-mm. Nope, 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 nope. We're not going to tell people how they've failed at a mental health disorder. Like, nope. Mm-mm. Not on her watch. Damn it. Not on her well, watch. I, I really mm-hmm. have to think, I, I really have to think about this one. And all right. So gosh and just so we we people like address different disorders like oh um you're not depressed because or you're not and they just re-diagnose like what 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 is your response to things like that like when you're struggling with something and somebody is 
not supportive Dis or negate what you're saying. Dismissive, yes. It is honestly, sometimes it's humorous. Like sometimes I laugh. I'm like, okie dokie. Um, love that for you. But I've just, so I, I have told, there's two things that I've really learned in the past year. One, it's that you can unfollow people in real life, yeah. not just on the internet. And then two, you're going to learn one harsh reality. You're going to think these people, there's this group of people in your life that you thought were great friends. And it turns out they suck. But then there's going to be this other thing that happens where you find out these people that you had no idea that you, they, they're these amazing humans that ask you about you and they ask you and they wait and they pause for the answer and all. So you're going to lose shitty, sorry, shitty friends, sorry. and you're going to gain amazing ones. And it's going to be really griefy because you're already filled with grief and you're really confused as to how these people that you've been friends with for 10, 15 years have just suddenly dropped you like a bad habit. But it's because they only love a version of you. They only mm -hmm. love what they thought you were. Yes. Yes. And so I had to just. Amen. Yeah. Such a hard time dealing with that, with the loss of my mom. Like how, I mean, even some family members that to this day have not come through. And for the longest time, I thought it was, what am I doing wrong? What am I, you know, what did I do? What am I doing? What I, you know what? And I finally just decided, no, you know, it's, you're a shitty person. I'm not doing anything wrong. I lost my mom. And if I start my day crying, laughing, whatever, it, I, it's me and it's what I'm going through and you don't get to take it away, you know? Yeah. And that's so, your question, Libby, that you were just saying for me, when people come at me, I just then shut down and stop. And I shouldn't. I shouldn't let others' reactions stop me from being or going through what I'm feeling at that moment. Because that's my reality, whether it's yours or not. You know, those what I'm going through at that moment, it's my reality. And it's not going to just you know, be happy, cheery all the time. And I think that, like you were saying, Tiffany, earlier, that stigma that everybody, you know, wants it just to be fixed and be happy and move on and get over it. That's not the real world. It doesn't happen that way. And if I'm having a bad day, sometimes I just need someone to listen, not mm -hmm. to fix it, but just to let me get it out because I need to get it out to somebody and those that are there to listen and then move on from there are great but the haters we break up with them i mean like all right so in my life like i i'm sure you guys all know like i have a real problem with boundaries and letting go of of people that have been in my life forever um but i love tiffany's point of just letting that letting that go and until I let that go, like, it just like slapped me in the face until I let that go. There's not room in my life for those new people that are waiting to come in because I'm spending all my time and energy defending myself with these other people. Mm -hmm. so, thank you. Uh you know what, Libby? <laughs> you don't need to defend yourself to anybody. Right. Exactly. 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 And, and for, for me, when I tell you I had boundaries, like, if there was literally a, like an, an actual crown given to the most boundary issued, struggling person, it's me, which makes people laugh because for the last couple of years, I'm a boundary, I'm a boundary rock star. And my husband and I last night were having a really hard conversation. So I have an adopted sister who 
decided in like 2019 or 2020, I don't remember when it was, to basically disengage her life from me after my parents pseudo adopted her when we were 10. And my parents and my husband and I, we've done so much for her, right? She was not there for any part of my parents' family's death. She actually sent me a text message when my pat dad, four days after my dad passed that said, I'm sorry for your family's loss. Oh, and I remember that moment, just something snapped inside me. And I just was like, nope. And it doesn't mean it doesn't still hurt. And it doesn't mean I don't. So last night she's very inactive on social media, but last night she posted this thing about how she moved and she bought her first house and all this stuff. And she said, I'm so thankful for friends who become family. And I will tell you what I said out loud. I said, well, good luck to those friends who become family. Okay, wait. Oh, I, they don't I ever have, have to... any health issues or deaths in the family. Right. I have to interrupt though. So you just said something about unfollowing people in real life. Why ha- why are you still following her on social media? I don't I know. Trying the to think in the that, same thing. I, I actually struggled with that question last night. So she does not post and she had not posted previously for about two years. And mm-hmm. I think I thought until really last night, I think a small, quiet, tiny, little like mouse in the back of my head still said we could, we're going to fix this someday. Mm-hmm. And I think that I said, you know, she's family. And I think I told myself that, um, she's going to reach out. Right. Even though the last text message, which I did not respond to was four days after my dad's death in 2022. And like, it was November 22nd or something. I still in the back of my head said, she's going to wake up one day and realize like, wow, like that's Wow. And yesterday, and I still haven't unfollowed her yet, but I know I need to, because yesterday was the wake up call and now I need to do it. And it's really, it's final. It's very final. Yes. It, I know this sounds so dumb and dramatic. That's it. That's the death. That's yeah. the grief. If I remove her, that that's it. We cannot come back because, and I already know we can't come back, but that small, quiet voice in the back of my head said, Maybe she'll realize how she's been and maybe she'll realize, but she's not going to. And I saw that post and I read it three times and I said to myself, and then my, my best friend, she lives with me right now. So she moved to Texas too. Cause I'm making, I'm, I'm bringing like a cult to Texas, which by the way, <laughs> when I see, when I see your posts together, I just want to come play too. Y'all look like y'all have so much. Well, well I mean, it is Texas. So and I mean. so we just are weird. So um, we call each other bolygamists because we do everything together but you know the one thing and um I so love that my my husband my best friend is my husband's other wife we always joke except for the other thing I might steal the polygamist I like it's that so mm-hmm. real like you never know when we go out with the four of us it's two males and two females you don't know who's the couples is yep. it the male the females which one switched is my husband with my best it's the whole thing right but <laughs> Love it. I don't even know where I was going with this. Oh, she walked upstairs yesterday after the post. And I had sent a message in our group chat saying I was going to be a little bit before coming down to dinner because I said I needed some time. And she walked in there and she, I guess, had stopped eating her meal mid-meal, marched up the stairs, and she stands in my bathroom and she looks at me. And I had just finished showering and she says, It was the and it's the funniest thing because it was the most real moment ever. She goes, I finally get why you're the way you are. And I said, What? What do you mean? And I, I mean, I'm just like stunned. And she goes, I read her post. 
I know why you're the way you are. I know why you're afraid everyone's going to leave you and you're afraid to be, you're afraid to hurt people's feelings and you're sometimes afraid to tell people the truth. And it's why I struggled at boss with that individual because I was afraid, because to me, it's easier to keep the peace than it is to cause kerfuffles or kerfluffles or whatever, however you say that. And so she looked at me and she goes, that's why you're the way you are. That post is the reason you're the way you are. And it was just this huge moment. So that's been churning in my head for the last 12 hours, which is funny that I didn't realize we were talking about this today, but I did say, and you guys had emailed me, nothing's off the table and I meant it. And so it's just funny that all this has happened to me literally at eight, since 8 p.m. last night. I didn't know. I feel like I'm in a therapy session here. I'm like, yeah, boundaries. I need to do that. You're my new role model for boundaries. <laughs> well, it is like, do you read? Are you a reader? Yeah. I have an amazing book on boundaries that I actually read. And when I read it, 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 it was one of the life changers for me because almost every single scenario that they talk about applied to somebody in my life that sucked. And I was like, why am I doing this? When there's there's 8 billion people in the world, like, why would I do this? Yeah. All right. What's the book? book? Yeah, I got to pull, I've got it. It's on this bookshelf behind me. And I'm going to find it and I will send it to you. I can't remember. It definitely has boundary in the title, but I found it because I realized I needed help cutting off somebody. And this was probably five years ago when it was the first person I ever really cut off in my life. And I was just, I didn't know how to do it. And I was going to therapy and the therapist said, you need to cut them off. Like they're like, normally therapists don't tell you what to do. They're supposed to like guide you on a path Mm -hmm. of like, finally, she was like, like, we got to be done. You are not coming to this conclusion (laughs) on your own. (laughs) It's them or me. You know what I mean? Like she was going to break up with me. I was like, oh, I pick you. I pick you. Like, (laughs) you know, it is such a hard thing. Like you getting all upset about, you know, when you do it, it's going to be final. And yes, in, in some way it will be. But just remember, if she does change her mind, she can find you and it's going to, she's going to have to do the hard work that she should have to do to reconnect with you. And if she needs to, or she gets to that point, it'll be the right time and she'll find you and she'll, it'll work. And you get to the point where you realize that relationships change and some people are just in your life for different reasons. And even though, so I had a best friend for, we were inseparable for six or seven years and um then my grandpa died who I had lived with and he helped raise me my grandpa died and she texted me she she knew it was an issue and she she never came and checked on me she never nothing which whatever that's not people's jobs but she messaged me it was a couple weeks afterwards and she said I think my cards against humanity game is at your house can I come and get it um and then she's like, do you want to, do you want to come out tonight? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And I said, I don't know if I can even get off the couch to find your game. And she said, oh, that's fine. I'll stop by and grab it. And she came over and she went over to that cabinet and got the game and left. That was, that was it. Like, no, like, no why are you so depressed or what's going on? Or how are you like, nothing. She told you exactly who she was in that moment, right? And I unfriended her on Facebook, which was a huge deal. And she noticed like a couple weeks later and texted me and said, which we had like zero contact other than these interactions. She texted me and she said, uh, was there a glitch or something? Like, why aren't we friends on Facebook? I can't tag you in this memory. 
And I said, no, I, I did it on purpose. We clearly, you clearly don't understand what I'm going through and I'm, I'm having a hard time with this and I need people that understand. And I cried about that relationship every night for like two years. Like it was, but I, I did not add her back on. I didn't, whatever. And then it got to the point years later. So for like the last like two years now, we are friends on Facebook. We do have the small talk. It's awkward and weird as hell. She actually consigns with me like super weird, but it just got to the point where like, I, that's all we're ever going to get out of it. We're at different places now. She now has a different point in her family. I got different things going on. We will never, ever be back to the place that we were. We had a great seven years. It was fantastic. I have a lot of memories, but that's all it was. It was just the fun times and the whatever back then. And that's it. And you just, break up for a little while, just at least to gain that perspective of like, no, you don't, you don't have to have that connection, even though it's just the unfollow button on there. It's still connecting you guys in a tiny little way. That's hard. Mm -hmm. Can I just say one thing you said though, that I just, you need to hear, you said, it's not her job to check on you. It is literally in her job description as your best friend to check on you. We sign up for me, I, I say with my, with my true friends and it's a small number, it's for better or for worse. My, my female best friend has said, if I were to ever leave her, it would be far worse than when her and her husband divorced. Like, like if, and so sometimes we have really hard, I mean, sometimes her and I have really hard conversations and sometimes they are ugly conversations. And sometimes a couple weeks ago, she's living with us now. It's the first time we've ever lived together. We had stuff built up and we ended up maybe yelling at each other after a few drinks in the middle of a um, bar, but <laughs> we got it all out. And then all of a sudden the next morning, things were so much better and lighter because we were able to have said those words, but our contractual agreement that we all invisibly sign with our best friends is that when it gets bad, our group, we say, when things go 2020, we are there for each other. And sometimes it sucks depressed Tiffany blows like she blows she is not fun she does not like nope no good no fun but that's what they signed up for so you got you know my my female Mm -hmm. best friend your 10 years pretty much eight of best friendship you got seven years of like the best Tiffany ever so if you have to put in a year or two of crap Tiffany and when I met her she was at her lowest she was at her literal lowest so we laugh the first couple years of our friendship I got crap Camille. Like I got this like depressed, angry, lashed out, going through a divorce, navigating custody of her kiddos. And like, that's okay. I signed up for that. That's what our, our, that's what our contract said. Yep. And her not checking in on you. That says so much about her. So oh, that, that was the breaking point. That was the cutoff. It's not, it's not just about going to concerts and bars and hanging out and doing whatever. It's, right. it's so great though. Cause now like, I had the small child and the this and the that and all the stuff going on. And I, I later became her boss and all those kinds of things. And then now I'm self-employed, which was what she wanted to do. And there's, she now has a small child and all of a sudden doesn't do things. It just, it's so funny how everything flip-flopped and I'm just sitting here like, hmm, crazy. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that works. Those tables, they always turn. I think it is, it, it's hard with, friends and then I think with family it's hard too like I was surprised with the passing of my mother and you know I've I've lost all three of my primary family members and each one different 
each one I've lost family members through, which is so weird mm. to me. Like, so, I, I just, that's a hard one to understand and to cut that cord with because, I mean, they're family. But at the same time, I guess you just got to do it, you know? You I just tell it. myself that I don't have to be friends with family. I just, there's just some, like, I just because we share the same blood does not mean I have to be friends with them. I don't, no. I mean, some nice. of my family are my best friends, but for the most part, yeah. Okay, so we have talked a lot. We've cried a little. We've had it all now. I'm I'm going to say we should probably wrap this up, but I want to end on good stuff. We've been setting goals and doing stuff. So what do you, oh, Molly has things. Wait, I want to know wait. what you want to do. First, before we get into the goals, I want to wrap up this part of Okay. Bringing it back to the reseller community and being a reseller, when you're going through these emotional big moments in your life, <laughs> being a reseller, the benefits of of being and doing what you do as you go through these major things in your life versus if you were working in the corporate world. Like, do you feel like moments where you're like, thank gosh, I do what I do, you know? as you're going through these emotional, large, life-changing things? Do you feel like there's a difference in going through that as a reseller versus if you were working your old job? Yes. And I'm going to say it's a weird double-edged sword. So there's a huge pro and there's a huge con. The huge pro is that I'm able to take my time and go slow. And we liquidated most of my inventory before we moved. That was another huge hurdle in my life. I didn't realize I was going to get sick. So liquidating my inventory didn't seem like that big of a deal. I would just build it right back up again. I would go thrifting for the first few months that I lived here. I would do, I do a lot of, um, I do a lot of thread up. And so I was like, oh, I'll just order like, you know, a couple thousand pounds of clothes stored in this new gigantic garage we have, and it'll be fine. But then I didn't realize my health. I didn't realize my dad was going to pass like all that. Right. So the pro is that, yes, I get to, I get to take sick days whenever I need them. I am able to move at the pace. The only con, and I am very, very, very lucky. And I have a, a situation that not everyone has is I have a partner that has a very, very good job and has excellent health benefits that he shares with me. And he is able to buoy me. I've also been very responsible fiscally in my life and I've saved a lot of money. And so I have been able to survive financially. However, I don't know the corporate job. The only the two things that would have been different is if I had a corporate job, I would have been able to take a disability leave and I would have been paid by the state for the 15 years I worked that I was able to be paid by the state. But two, mm -hmm. I also would have been, for lack of a better term, forced to go to work. And in some ways, I think that would have helped me some days. Some days I think that force of me having to show up at 8 a.m. and be a person, but it's this really internal struggle because a lot of people have asked me that question and the, but I go back to the end, the, the final, the final like bow on it is the people in the reseller community. The support yeah. that I have received through those humans, I would not have received at my corporate job. And I, I would have been pushed through grief a lot faster and my medical stuff would have been a lot more dismissed. And so I think when I look at the end result, right, you put everything together in a pot and you look at it, it ends up saying this was the right thing for me. And this, 
I'm, I'm I'm more of a spiritual person than a religious person, but this is where God led me because this is where I needed to be. And yeah, it sucks. I have these piles of things behind me that are unlisted, which never happened. I never had death piles, money piles, whatever like people call it, opportunity piles. I listed what I had. I got it. And within a week, I listed it. Now I have probably, I'm going to say somewhere around 2000 pieces that are unlisted. And that is a number that is so large to me that it makes my brain physically fizzle. But I've just each day, I have to make peace with it that I'm not who I was a year ago. And hopefully, I'm not who I am a year from now. And so yes and no. So, but at the end of the day, the community makes all the difference. The three of you make all the difference. The three of you, when you, when I watched, I've watched several parts of a lot of your episodes and somebody had told me that you guys had talked about me. It might've been Doug actually in one of your, in one of your episodes. So I watched that whole episode or, and I just, I, I couldn't believe that humans looked at me like that because of the way I look at myself was such like, I'm not good enough and sometimes disgust and like you're lazy and you're crap at your job. And I looked at that and I was like, what? And then I played the, I played that little part for my husband. He was like, yeah, yes. That's how a lot of humans see you. That's who you and, are. And I yeah. was like, no. And he was like, yeah, no, these three strangers, they got together and there's some weird cahoots about supporting you. Like, I mean, we are weird. <laughs> I thought I unzoomed. I got really scared. I swiped on my laptop and I got really scared. I exited out of the Zoom somehow. But, but yeah, so I just, I want to thank you because again, resellers, fellow people in my community, like you three wonderful humans buoyed me up and reminded me that just because I'm not as good as I once was doesn't mean I won't be as good as I ever will be. Yeah, and you are still, even when you feel you're at your lowest, clearly making a big impact on many of us by being who you are. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Samantha, now go back to yours because that would be a great ending right there because that was so beautiful and that's how we feel about the reseller community and the support that we gather from it. But I like where you were going. So take it away, Samantha. Wait, I lied. I have one more thing. Wait, can I say oh, one go, more go, thing? Yes, yeah. always. Okay, no. okay, okay. So, <laughs> so, so Molly, you've talked a few times and I want to say this to you in particular. You've talked a few times about and I think Samantha, you have two in particular, the two of you have said to me like, oh, well, I, I don't want to be vulnerable. And you just, you said it Molly earlier, you were like, I don't want people to feel sorry for me. And I hope that you, by doing this, this, this wellness spotlight and this sharing more about what's happening in your personal life and sharing more about your health journey and sharing more about your boundaries journey, Libby, <laughs> I hope that you will take this opportunity to realize that no one who gives a hoot feels sorry for you. They feel compassion for you. They feel love for you. And they feel the desire to support you. Because if I had been your friend, I might've cracked open the cards against humanity box and said, we're going to play this. And you were going to talk this through as we play this stupid ass game. And I don't know if you're a drinker, but I would have brought, because I'm a drinker, I'd have brought a couple bottles of wine right. and we would have, we, and maybe I would have said, if you don't feel like talking about being sad right now, let's just play this stupid game. And let's just drink this wine and let's laugh and let's cry. And like, if I was, if I was your friend, Libby, I would say like, this person sucks, cut them off. Cause I say things like that to my friends and they're like, Tiffany, what? I do say that to her. I do say that to her often. I get, yes, she does. And yes, so does. you can say, no, that when you share your grief about losing all three of your primary 
people in your life and losing the family members that supplement or supplement you know what I'm trying to say, go along with that. <laughs> Those losses are real and no one's feeling sorry for you. And if someone's feeling sorry for you or thinks that's what you're looking for, they can unfollow you. They can stop listening to your YouTube. They can stop following you on Instagram. They can, do, they can stop consigning with you. Bye. There's 10 more people waiting in line who would want to consign with you. There's 10 more people waiting in line who want to be your friend. I want to be your friend. And I thought we already were besties. We are. Okay. So you had to make room to push some loser out to put fit me in. And so, I dug. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just, I just, I had to say that to each of you because somebody has said that to me at some point, all, all of different version of each of those things. I was so afraid to share how sad I was because I was so afraid people would be like, oh, Tiffany's sad. Like, sucks to be her, you know? And I just was like, you know what? They can all unfollow me. Yep. It's fine. Just... Thank you. I love Thanks. it. I love you. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> I had to say, okay. sorry. That's okay. So that needed I, to be said. Yes. <laughs> yes. I want to end on a, on a looking into the future, continue growing, maintaining whatever it is. What are your goals for 2024 or your vision? Cause you have a lot of stuff going on. You have uncertainty going on with surgeries and, and your health journey and stuff, but just what's something that you're working on to help with balance and continue your business going forward. Saying yes to Kitizen, which we talked about in the beginning and saying yes to being a style scout and kind of undergoing something that was terrifying was while that was towards the, that really, I guess, started in September, October, while it was still technically last year, that's pushing me forward and it challenges me. Most of the boxes behind me are um, one client's clothes. She was like, I have, I have a lot. Um, he was a miracle baby. And I was like thinking like a lot's going to be like a hundred pieces. No, she meant a lot like seven or 800 pieces. So, which is a blessing and also very overwhelming and scary. But I think for me, the goal is really just to say yes to things that I want to say yes to, but much, much, much more importantly, saying no to things that I want to say no to. And whether that's a person whether that's a job, whether that's a consignment, whether that's whatever it is, it's, it's, if it's not an F yes, it's going to be a no from me. I love it. Okay. That right there. I love it. That's, that's, that's almost another t-shirt right there. I was thinking that. Can we put that on a t-shirt? If it's, it's not, not an F yes, that's a no. <laughs> I love it. That's a no. We're going to end on that note right there. Cause I like that as an ending. Tiffany. <laughs> you so much for coming and hanging out with us we um clearly loved every moment and i have a feeling we'll have you back in the future mm -hmm. i want to thank you all three of you for letting me be a part of such an amazing you three have such an amazing community that you've built you have such an amazing podcast you have such an amazing what you do for listing party you have such an amazing what you do for the consignment community just what you do for the reseller community so to get that email or DM or however I received that initial notice, I was so honored and so taken aback that you would include me on your, on your show that thank you. <laughs> You're our bestie now, girlfriend. Don't tell You're me. In. Don't tell me. <laughs> All right. Do you have a cup near you? Cause we always end our episodes with a cheers. 
It's a water bottle. Don't judge me. It's recyclable. Hey, we've had candles. We've had cups of <laughs> You name it. We're not judging. <laughs> All right, ladies, until next time. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for joining Libby, Molly, and Samantha, the ladies of Consignment Chats, as we build a resourceful community of collaborative resellers. Find all the ways to connect with us on consignmentchats.com. Episodes are available on YouTube and anywhere you get your podcasts. In addition, join our free private Facebook community.